All right, guys. We made it through the regular season, but that doesn't mean drafting stops. We did some lessons learned on Monday. We got to interview an incredible interview with Liam Murphy on Wednesday. Now Fridays, moving forward, we're drafting. Time to start getting back into it and a perfect time with the NFL playoffs looming one more week of the regular season. So we're getting closer and closer to really understanding exactly how, um, you know, the NFL playoffs are going to look, teams we want to attack, ADPs are changing, everything is crazy in these NFL playoff best ball drafts. So it's time to, it's time for us. I know a lot of you guys have been digging in a ton already, but it's time for us to really, you know, deep dive into this and start grinding out these drafts. Starting today, the super secret, top secret, Spike Week Draft Club. vibes is right eric good vibes is right what day was it that we we had all the air we're starting off another one of these streams with another eric apparently we're just bringing all the erics into that's what spike week is spike week is not the best ball community spike week is the erics degenerates club now welcome eric i agree good vibes happy friday to everybody i'm excited um it was funny. Um, obviously, we interviewed Liam on Wednesday. If you have not checked that show out, please go. It was no, obviously, selfishly, I was involved in the 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 interview. It was it was it was Spike Week. But for anyone who is interested in best ball, interested in getting better at best ball, the Wednesday show, um, Best Ball Bros with Liam, where we just kind of talked about you know everything, anything, and everything. Um, related to best ball, his sweat, his portfolio, his strategy, all sorts of stuff was just amazing. I learned a ton. It was one of my favorite conversations I've had in all of in all of uh, this last year of really, you know, deep diving into the best ball space. So I highly recommend that. But now, now it's time to get back into these drafting streets, get back into these drafting streets and um Liam also went on with Peter Overzet yesterday um, and did, you know, an, an, another another show. He's making his rounds, right? He's making his rounds. And they talked about kind of like we get to, you know, some of you guys are even crazier than I am, but we get, you know, deep into the, the NFL season. And it's like, man, it's such a grind. You're worn down from doing like, you know, I don't know, I mean, thousands of drafts, right? And then – at least for me, it was like last week, you know, the finals, having a, a personal sweat, obviously, in in the final week, and then just seeing what happened with Liam, seeing what happened, Herzig having a sweat, and then Tony, who is who is is in the chat, Good Friday, Good Friday to Tony winning the Millie Maker, which uh, I'll tease it a little bit. We're de- I'm definitely going to be bringing Tony on um, for a, for a future episode. The crazy, one of the craziest stories of my entire life. I come from a small town called Mascuda, Illinois, less than 10,000 people, and just outside of St. Louis, 20 minutes outside of St. Louis. And obviously, I'm so deep into this, this best ball stuff. And another person that I went to high school with in this small town of, you know, 7,000 people or whatever, 8,000 people wins the Millie Maker on DraftKings in the first year that I'm like doing best ball content and all that kind of stuff. So Liam, you know, is is obviously an awesome member of, of this community. And then like a, literally a high school buddy of mine, we played freaking high school football together, wins, wins the Millie Maker. So shout out to Tony for that and more to come, more to come from him. Um, million bucks, man, two different million dollar winners in best ball what a crazy what a crazy time but so like i said all of this is like 
I was honestly like a little, probably like worn down, <laughs> frankly, from the season. Um, so long grind, right? From April to the beginning of January before you figure out exactly how it all turns out. And, uh, you know, I'm obviously doing, uh, you know, you guys are probably doing the same playing DFS or playing your other season long leagues or sports betting, whatever. Right. And it wears you down. And then just this last week, I'm like, okay, it's go time. I'm reinvigorated. So perfect time to start this back up. I mentioned to you guys uh, last week, I think, and then obviously on the two shows this week that I'm getting into, we're getting into a groove of Monday, Wednesday, Friday of these shows for me. I'm also going to be introducing some more people into the, the Spike Week family, the Spike Week content family. We're working on an MLB plan and um, just some additional content as well. But Mondays, like I said, it's kind of like a lessons learned, more strategical, um, both you know, both looking back at past results and applying things to the future. Wednesdays, we're bringing on some people like Liam, like Tony, like ton, you know, Herzig, uh, tons of different people from across the industry are going to come on and we'll just chop it up and have a good time. And today, today is for the core of what we do as these sick best ball degenerates. It's drafting, right? Um, I, I haven't, uh, I haven't pulled up. Actually, let me just go ahead and share, share my screen because I haven't had a chance to pull up <laughs> how fast. So the, the Mitten 2 launches yesterday, right? Underdog strategically uh, strategically launches the Mitten on the day that they're releasing all the payouts. They know what they're doing. Very sharp company. And they, <laughs> they, have, filled, they have filled almost 10,000 entries. If you can see right here, almost 10,000 entries into the Mitten 2 already. It's almost 50, it's almost 50% full. Um, I did, I went, I'm just going to check really quick the gaunt. So the gauntlet is 36. So, you know, they're, they're, they're tracking pretty well here for, for these contests. Yes, Rob, shout out to you for finishing top 75, man. So I've been joking about this with some friends and stuff. Uh, we, you know, Peter and I finished, finished eighth in, in, in BBM. So I'm pretty sure what that means is that I am one half of the eighth best best ball player on the planet right i'm pretty sure that that's what that means so using that logic rob you are you know the 74th you're a top 75 best ball player fantasy football player in the world i'm pretty sure pretty sure that's what that means um yeah these comments are so good best ball capital of the midwest muscuta illinois i'm gonna get i i'm gonna get uh you know go go to the to go to city hall and petition Petition for them to uh, change the slogan when you drive into, you know, welcome to Mascuda, best ball capital of the Midwest. <clears throat> St. Petersburg is obviously maybe the best ball capital of the, you know, St. Petersburg is Washington, D.C. Uh, Mascuda, Illinois is whatever the, the other, the other capital would be. That's, that's, that's really funny. Um, again, congrats, congrats, Tony. Um, let me see here. I'm not going to do a big mitten. I am going to schedule some big mitten drafts. I know Peter and I are talking about doing one. I'm going to do um, some big mitten drafts. Definitely something something on stream. Not going to do big mitten today. Probably just going to do mitten too. So everybody has, you know, I know. Uh, well, it's almost it's going to fill by like Sunday. So um, so everybody has a chance to get in. But Paul is pointing out if anybody wants to hop in a big mitten that's here and watching, you can join him in that. Yeah, I mean. Uh, well, a thank you. I, I appreciate that that comment, Eagles. Uh, but seriously, that that interview was awesome, right? I mean, Liam is great. So fun to talk to. So fun to listen to his thoughts. I love how firm he is in his in his stances on all these different things. And I think it's just really it, it was it's enlightening for me. You know, it's easy for all of us to kind of get swayed by different things. And we'll we'll talk about some of that also as it relates to these playoff drafts. It's really easy to get swayed by other people's takes, um, you know, ADP changes. Like you see somebody rising up and you're like, oh man, I'm not drafting. I haven't been drafting that guy. And, you know, he was the ninth round pick and everybody that I respect is on him. Right. Or the entire market is on him. Liam talked about like LaVisca, Jerry Judy, right? LaVisca goes from a ninth round pick to like a sixth round pick because everybody has steamed him up. Jerry Judy. Like these smart people, uh, Sean Siegel, all these people are on these guys, right? Brandon Ayuk, whatever. And, um, you know, Liam just kind of 
really helped, I think, communicate like being hard and fast in, in some takes maybe that are a little bit opposite of the market can really pay off in a big way. Um, I just thought it was an awesome, awesome interview. So if you have no chance, please do go back and watch that. Not for me. I just sat and I was just like listening to Liam because it was so good. So good. Um, yeah, almost 50% in less than 30 hours on the mitten. I mean, just absolutely, absolutely crazy. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I have not done a big mitten yet, but I'm really, I'm actually looking forward to getting in, into some of those. I'll probably start next week as well, Brian. JJ has East Coast dads. Yeah, that is my best fall capital of the Midwest. Ah, uh, I, I like that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. No one will buy it besides me and Tony, but uh, we're gonna get a best ball capital of the Midwest Mosquito, Illinois shirt out there for for Spike Week. Uh, Eric also mentions we'll just do some some of this housekeeping for you guys. You're all trying to draft. This is a this is a this is the super secret draft draft super secret draft club. So we'll, we'll fill all your drafts for you. If anybody else is looking, the rookie and sophomore drafts are like a ton of fun. Um, I've seen you guys posting some of those in discord and I got the itch to hop in one, of course, because I would like to draft Trey Lance some more because I'm a glutton for punishment, but um, it's a really cool format. Obviously, you know, doesn't happen until the 2022 season, but a really, really cool format. <laughs> <laughs> Muscutin, Paul, get it right. Not Muscutian, Muscutin. Um, let's see here. I'm going to hit a few comments and then we'll obviously start to get into, into a draft. Let me see. What do you think, Terrence says, what do you think are the chances collusion is going on? How hard is it to get six gamblers to agree to allow one of them to create a super team? So, um, you know, to totally fair question. Obviously, you know, some people get uncomfortable around some of the possibilities for collusion and stuff like that. And I do think, you know, some people might stray away from that conversation because it's uncomfortable. But I'll just say a couple, you know, I, I don't have all the answers, but I, I will say my kind of take on it is the first thing is that um, underdog is in my, you know, I, I'm not some like, you know, I, I'm not one of the total OGs of DFS and gambling or, or anything like that. But I've I've played DFS for a long time. You know, I've, I've played in some of these season long contests I played in, you know, I, I gamble a lot, right. Underdog is maybe the best company I've ever seen in terms of customer service, making sure that they are on top of these kinds of things in terms of managing collusion. If you have a legitimate concern that there was actual collusion in your, in your draft, um, they are actively going out and seeking out, drafts that may have had collusion and they're all, they will also listen to your um, requests on, on that subject. If, if you send it to support or send it to me, I'll send it to them. I don't care. And um, they, they will do everything from within their power to make sure that that is not an issue in, in, in these tournaments we actually had in the regular season um, drafts and teams and stuff thrown out because of, because of, I, I believe just teams, but anyway, um, they, they're doing a really, really good job. They're an absolutely respectable company that I think we should have as much faith in as, as, as basically as possible. So I'm not personally worried about that. And I don't think you should be either. I do understand what you're saying that, you know, it's, it's certainly possible, but it's also fairly easy to detect and they're doing a good job of making sure that they stay on top of that. Um, <laughs> this is a perfect segue into before we before we hop in because you know these drafts don't take that long so we, we'll do a couple but we can we can shoot the shit for a minute the the, the Bengals thing is such a perfect example kind of like i was talking about with with um liam's takes on like lavisca jerry judy these like crazy adp risers and you know playoff drafts are certainly not the exact same thing but like when the mitten opened when gauntlet opened when all this like the Bengals were like barely getting drafted. If drafted at all, they weren't a lock to make the playoffs. This was, you know, this is two weeks ago, but still the Bengals were like barely getting drafted. Now they're obviously in the playoffs, but like, has their expectation really changed? Like, I, like truly really changed. I, I, I mean, I shout out Jamar Chase helped me make some money on Sunday. Joe Burrow is awesome. T Higgins is awesome. 
the Bengals' future is very bright. I, I don't really get this crazy ADP rise on all the the Bengals are like the most insane ADP risers that we've had in this, in this, um, you know, playoff format on, on underdog. It is kind of wild to see. And I think if they hadn't done it in such a way where it was like really fantasy friendly, I'm not sure, you know, if they, if they won two games, 14 to 10, you know, and these guys didn't blow up, they would have been a lock for the playoffs, but will we be, but would their ADPs be rising this much? You know, obviously the chase at 102 thing is, is just a, a fluke. That, that's not what happens in these drafts. But the point being, we get these, you know, we had the Chargers were fairly popular when these contests opened because we felt like they were strong, very strong chance to make the playoffs. And then they, then they lost to the Texans. And now they, they you know, need a, a good week 18 to, to make the playoffs. And now, like, the, the Chargers are not getting drafted. The Chargers almost beat the Chiefs. And now we're like not drafting the Chargers. Meanwhile, the Bengals did beat the Chiefs. Both of those games could have gone absolutely either way. The Bengals could have lost to the Chiefs and the Chargers could have beat the Chiefs. But just on borderline coin flips, all of a sudden the Bengals are like the sexiest team for everybody in these drafts. And the Chargers are like, like I, I did a couple drafts today, like Herbert's not getting drafted. You know, Eckler, Keenan, Mike Williams are going in the sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth rounds. And like, you know, so those are the kind of things I'm trying to think about because this contest is so fluid and, you know, the ADPs are shifting so much. And I mean, they should shift when we get different, um, you know, playoff projections and odds and all that kind of stuff. But sometimes I think, particularly as it pertains to the Bengals, they're shifting like maybe a little bit too much. And, and, and who knows, maybe the Bengals do end up making a run, right? They're a good team, but I don't think, you know, we look at the AFC and like now the Chiefs don't have a buy. Um, the Titans are obviously they have a buy, but they're they're a pretty strong team. We know that the Bills are are very strong. Did, like, what are the Bengals' true you know like odds of of doing some damage? Um, while I'm talking this through, I can pull up kind of futures. I can pull up some futures. Let me un. Let me remove this and share. Oops. Riveting. Riveting. If I look at just like, you know, championship odds, we still have the Patriots with higher odds, with better odds to win the Super Bowl than the Bengals. Right? So it's about the same, but it, the Colts, who everyone is now infatuated with the Bengals. They have basically the same odds to win the Super Bowl as the Colts. But if you ever, and I'm not even disagreeing with this, but if you ever have a conversation with someone about these playoff best ball drafts, and they're like, the Colts can't win the Super Bowl. No way. No chance the Colts can win the Super Bowl, right? They have the same odds. And I'm, the betting market is not everything. You're, you're this is, I am the person who is actually like about as, uh, um, anti betting market as your, as your answer as anyone. However, it's at least something to use as a reference point. And, you know, all of a sudden the Bengals are the sexiest team that there is. And, uh, you know, the, the sentiment on the Colts is not the same. The sentiment on the Patriots is absolutely not the same. Right. And then there's still Chiefs, Bills, Titans ahead of them, ahead of the Bengals. And we obviously have the Chargers down here, Raiders, right, Raiders, whatever. But I just thought it was interesting. I thought that they, the Bengals thing is a, is a very, very interesting one. Whoever is, Eagle says, whoever is running hot and healthy entering the playoffs are the teams you want to target. That's an interesting point. However, I would say um, as it pertains to the health thing, COVID stuff is something that we have to take into account. The Bengals are actually an interesting situation as it pertains to COVID. So teams, uh, players, I guess I should say, players that have 
um, you know, tested positive and entered health and safety protocols. Once, once that happens to you, right, you, you go to, you know, so Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey have entered, have been in health and safety protocols already this year. Once that happens to you from there on forth, you, you don't have to get tested for 90 days, AKA the rest of the season. So Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, it's like, they, they're never going to have, you're, you're never going to get those guys going into health and safety protocols. An interesting point about a couple of fairly sexy teams in these, the Bengals, Joe Mixon just went, just went into health and safety protocols this week, but they haven't had any of their guys deal with that. So what happens when they get to the playoffs and Jamar Chase test positive? Now, call me a conspiracy theorist, call me a cynic, call me whatever. My, my expectation is the NFL is going to do everything they can to keep their superstars out of health and safety protocols in the playoffs. But I think that's, that, that, that's an interesting um, dynamic that we have to think about, uh, not even necessarily have to think about, but that we might have to deal with when it comes to um, the playoffs. And the 49ers are also another situation where like most of these teams actually, right, Aaron Rodgers, like we've dealt with the Aaron Rodgers thing. We've dealt with Tyreek and Kelsey. We've dealt with tons of these guys have already done the COVID thing. And like, just by, and this is not a, a statement of my opinion on anything COVID related, but just how the rules work is that you're basically, you don't have to deal with it for 90 days after you have tested, after you have entered health and safety protocols. So these teams that haven't had to deal with that, the Bengals and the 49ers are true with the big ones. Um, it's a, it's, it's, I don't know what percentage I would put on it, but it, it's a percentage that that issue could, could arise. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> that's that's pretty funny. The tea leaves. I agree, Liam. It's all it's all in the tea leaves. A um, couple more comments before we hop into a draft. <laughs> yeah, Casey says, uh, if the Raiders claw their way to a playoff spot, does the mitten get canceled? It should. <laughs> it should. Is anybody doing Raiders? It would be so. It would be so. Twenty twenty one slash twenty twenty two, NFL season for the Raiders to somehow, like you said, claw their way into a playoff spot and then like win a game or something without, without right. Obviously fire their coach mid season. They lose rugs. They're honestly not very good. That would be so, that would be so perfect. Silas says the chargers could still not make the playoffs a hundred percent. Absolutely hundred percent. So when I was talking about the Bengals versus the chargers thing, I'm not, I wasn't actually trying to compare them, but I was saying that, you know, there was always this possibility the chargers could, could have lost the game. And so it's just interesting to see, the crazy fluctuations in in ADP um, based on one or two two games or something of of results. Gauntlet is different. You want high score in week one of the playoffs, so Chase blowing up isn't a bad take. Yeah, I mean, the hard part is you could say that about anybody. It's always difficult when the argument is but he could be the guy you need. That's all. That, that's actually something I'm going to talk about on one of the Monday shows uh, sometime soon is every time somebody resorts to, but what if he's the guy that you need? It's like, but you, I mean, I could say that for literally anyone. That's just like, it's like, it's like a get out of jail free card for uh, uh discussion. You know what I mean? Like what if, I don't know, you know, what if, Tony Pollard scores three touchdowns in the first week. It's like, oh, you idiot. You didn't draft Tony Pollard. You lost. I'm like, I mean, is it probably going to happen? No. So you can't cover every base. And so we're just trying to do as many smart things as we can and construct our teams in as plus EV away as, uh, as possible. <laughs> Speaking of the conclusion, I got concluded. I got colluded into, into taking the Ravens. RIP. I believe the Ravens need um what the the raiders the dolphins and hold on let me share the and the chargers right yeah chargers or colts i don't i don't freaking know 
the Ravens have have no freaking chance of making the playoffs. Two percent. <laughs> I do have a little bit of uh, like I would take Andrews or Hollywood and very very early like Mitten or Gauntlet drafts. Those teams are stone stone cold dead. Thank you, Paul, for back to the collusion point. The entire draft gets scrapped. Thank you. Totally agree, Jameson. There was a couple teams I took, like Dalvin, Justin Jefferson, in the ninth and tenth rounds of like Mitten or Gauntlet drafts. Same thing, dead, stone dead. Those were collusion. Please take them, uh, Rudman. If you're here, please, or if you watch this later, go through Eric Von Forest teams and find the ones with the Vikings. Go ahead, and wipe those out. It was collusion. Um. All right. I think that'll <laughs> this is funny. It's <laughs> so good. So and so true, right? To the point of what if this is the guy that you need? Braxton Barrios. <laughs> we should have been taking ah, we should have been taking Braxton Barrios in the eighteenth round on underdog because what if he is the guy that you need in the championship? And he kinda was, but nobody was taking him, so it didn't matter. All right. Let's do it. We've messed around enough. Mitten two. Thoughts on taking AFC studs in the first few rounds, then falling back on a Cardinal stack. Some drafts Murray isn't giving. I I I totally support it. I to, I totally support it. Um, good lord, this draft is loaded with all the with all the sharks. I hate you guys. Um. These kinds of constructions, I love that. I absolutely love that, right? Like getting, I've kind of been on record that one of my favorite structures, like one of, is a four plus two plus two plus two, right? So you, you're making a bet in one conference with four players from one team. They're going to make the Super Bowl. Then I'm taking three separate pairings of players from a, from the other conference. And what you're talking about here is, is an exact way that you, that you can do that. And those the reason that you do that is because um, we talk we talk a lot about trying to thread this needle of continuing to advance, having enough live players, and you know enough uh, you know projection to continue to advance throughout these rounds. Not just the first round, but the second round to continue to advance while also still giving yourself the you know about as much first place equity as you can get and that that structure and what you're outlining here does that right you need the cardinals to make the super bowl obviously but you like all the afc studs go in those early rounds and so you pair up a few teams of those early studs from those afc teams and then you just make one bet right basically on the cardinals and you have half the afc already covered and so you have first place equity wow tyreek and kelsey right in front of me that is unfortunate if if Liam is watching, we're just going to turn this into a Bills team. Now I got to think about this for a second. I think it needs to be Mike Evans here. Yeah, I actually try to do a little bit of different things from the turn sometimes. To Alan's point, Alan says the turn is always the same. The turn, the six seven turn, and um, I'm not saying that I did that here. I didn't, but some sometimes mixing in, you know, knowing that I'm going to put a bunch of bullets into these contests, I try to um, get a little bit not crazy, right? I'm not taking Daryl Williams seventh overall, but setting up some combinations that are not really possible based on ADP. I think um, is something to at least consider. Holandar says, I did a mitten with Renfro and Zay Jones at the 910 yesterday with some of my puppy winnings, which we all know is it's fake money. <laughs> well, I'm rooting for you. Renfro, Zay Jones, that would be fun. Um, I should do, I know Paul in the chat, who is also in this draft that I was inverted um, is very, very good 
about mixing through different combinations of different teams and different players and all that at the back end. I fully admit that is not one of my personal strengths. <laughs> um, but those kinds of things I think are really good to do. Assuming that you're going to draft, you know, a bunch of teams, I absolutely think that that is, that that is something that you, that you should do. All right. I am coming up here. Oh, this is setting up really well for one of these books. Um, I'm, pains me, but I'm taking money. I think he's going to be back in round one, and I got to just deal with it. Now... God, the Singletary ADP is just brutal, man. Um, I'm going to wait on running back. I'm going to cue Odell and Debo. I'm going to take Odell. Because <clears throat> I need these. Um, where's the board? I need these. NFC guys, right? I have my bucks. I have my bucks pairing. I know that the Bills guys are coming later. I was taking so much Singletary early in these, which is like I guess one win. It's probably offset by a bunch of Godwin and <laughs> and stuff. So it, I may not even get to realize any of that. But the Singletary ADP has gotten so out of control, and I, I think it's fairly warranted. But um, I like taking the running backs from the opposite conference. I'm maybe being a little bit too prone to that, to that strategy, but I love like stacking up this bills pass game, just like the bills pass game, just going to smash throughout these playoffs. And then I'm going to get my running back from the other conference, whatever the teams I'm taking from the other conference, I'm just going to get my running back there. Um, I, I tend to like that, like that strategy a little bit more. The bills are a really good team to do that with. Where like Josh Allen, I, I like Singletary fine, but Josh Allen can steal so much of that rushing production. Plus, obviously, the pass game is their focus. That um, I'm a little worried about this crazy Singletary steam. Um, somebody can, I don't even remember what the exact numbers are. The guy with the guys with the red badges, what is that? A thousand drafts or something like that, and black is five hundred, something like that. Yeah. Paul's you are willing to take a dot. Paul says he has zero Raiders. I was just congratulating you and giving you props on uh, your elite strategy to these drafts. And then you let me down. You're willing to draft uh, dolphins, but you wouldn't draft the Raiders. All right. Let me look here. Oh, Sony went. That sucks. I was really going to. Oh, that really throws a wrench into things. If Sony is gone, and I unfortunately to get my to get my bill stack, I might have to take Knox here. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna Debo and Knox. I, I'm Knox is another guy I don't particularly love where his where his ADP is, but I've sort of backed myself into a corner where I need to get four bills, and so um, I'm just gonna take him because you know. There's no real way of knowing exactly how the Cole Beasley, Gabe Davis, Manny Sanders, Isaiah McKenzie thing is going to work out for me. <laughs> Looks like somebody has well, actually. The shields are based on a threshold of total drafts and or hitting thresholds of dollars one. Thank you, Matthew. And Nez says, if you email support, they'll tell you how close you are. It's good to know. I got to be close to this damn red. Red badge. I know you sickos have drafted have drafted more than me. Alan says I'm seeing turns taking both of Henry and Taylor. I honestly don't hate that. That I talked about. Um, I went I went on um, over that stream and did a draft with him where I talked about. I, I would call this like bully running back. And to um, the point earlier about like a Cardinal stack, the AFC has like most of the best running backs, right? And the super, super high upside running backs, particularly Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor. Henry is a little bit worse now, obviously because they have the buy in the mitten. It's not as big of a deal because two out of six advance. However, 
this bully running back idea of I'm just going to take the old, there, there's only a couple of super high upside running backs, which, you know, are super powerful. And so you don't, you don't need to be right about which team, but if you take Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor, and Austin Eckler, you have half the AFC covered. Are they the favorites to make it? No, probably to make the Super Bowl. No, probably not. And then you stack an NFC team, Cowboys, Cardinals, Rams. Um, probably can't get Packers with this with this structure, but 49ers, right? You stack Eagles. Uh, I'll go back to I, I didn't forget about the very early comments about the Eagles, but you go back and you stack one of these NFC teams, and it really gives you like people are people are like really stuck on the specific teams. And like, I do get that to a certain extent, but like, if you structure it, if you structure all your teams well enough, like I said, this, like, especially this example, I'm just getting my running back from the AFC. I have half the AFC covered. Do I know how the AFC is going to play out? No, of course not. You could do it with the chiefs. If you like the chiefs, you could do it with the bills. If you like the bills. All right. I got Allen, Fournette, Evans, Odell, Debo, and Dawson Knox. I guess I should start to figure out. Oh, no. Okay. I definitely got to take Cole Beasley with one of these. And then probably Eli Mitchell or Rams. Let me look at the Rams here. Oh, my God, guys. This is not going well. Thanks, Casey. Casey has the bills. I am screwed. This draft is terrible. About to take Cam Akers. About to take Cam Akers. <laughs> this is what happens in top secret drafts. We all get together. And I, get, I lose everything, every player that I wanted. Could be worse, I guess. Still drawing to that's a, that's an interesting. I will say that's the interesting thing about these drafts. It's like this has not worked out perfectly for me by any stretch of the imagination. But at the end of the day, if I get a Bills Bucks Super Bowl, right, or Bills 49ers Super Bowl. All good. All good. And no one would argue with, you know, even if you want to be on like team advance rate, you can't argue that. Josh Allen, Fournette, Eli Mitchell, Mike Evans, Odell, Debo, you know, with Josh Allen stacked the advance rate, it looked there's the projection and everything is great on this team. So um, as long as you are structuring well, that's why these, these turn these playoff drafts are are such a a mental exercise because the only thing that ultimately matters is that your lineup like tells some form of a story where you have out you have win equity and at least enough projection right you know if you stack up both of the buy you stack up the packers and the titans like you might be dead but as long as you have a store, this lineup, you know, tells a quote unquote story, right? The meme that we've created, like it's still ultimately fine, even if it doesn't work out perfectly. All right. Thank you guys for not taking Cam Akers. I think I have to take Isaiah McKenzie or Emmanuel Sanders. Let me think about this. Yeah. I, it's got to be Manny because I don't have Gabe. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. All right. Cam Akers, Manny Sanders. So, if we look at this team, um, I'll run through these teams super, 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 super quickly. Obviously, I went for a Bills stack and then went to my because because I can get the Bills non digs weapons later. I feel comfortable taking Josh Allen and then going to my NFC teams. Um, from there. I started this four two 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 structure that I talked about, where I got two bucks. Then I went Odell. I wanted Sony, wasn't able to get Sony, so I pivoted 
you know, to, to 49ers went to my, went to my bills. Damn it. What are we in mitten two? Went to my bills, bill stack closed out my second 49er. And then, you know, Cam Akers could be a zero all throughout the playoffs or he could come back and be a a real piece. He's obviously just a total scratch off lottery ticket. And Manny Sanders, I do think the bills, you know, the bills are a very, very popular team in this as they should be. Um, I think it's important to think through those ancillary wide receivers. So like I take Cole Beasley and you can take Isaiah McKenzie here, but I would not take Isaiah McKenzie on a Cole Beasley team. I would take Emmanuel Sanders on a non Gabe Davis team, right? I think those pairs of players are negatively correlated. (laughs) Sorry, Corbin. Little did you know, I did a stream with Liam on Wednesday and he has the bills on my brain. So, uh, I had to take, I had to take a, uh, a non digs bill stack because Liam has ruined my brain. All right. One more, one more. Let's do one more, three more people. Lunder says going to be really interesting to see which KC running back ends up. I love this take as their RB one CEH was getting some of the inside the 10 touches before getting hurt. But Williams has looked better overall. I am going down with Daryl Williams in these drafts. The Chiefs are a extreme high exposure team for me. Um, I have been taking it's like I have the one oh one here, and I'll I'll uh, show this in thirty five seconds. But um, the Chiefs now without the buy. I think are the best team to attack in these in these drafts, and I also believe that. Um, CEH going down has opened the door for Daryl Williams to be the lead back in the playoffs. And he's at a reasonable price on arguably the best team in the NFL at running back in which we know is very thin. And we know if if, ideally, if we can get a late round running back on a team in the Super Bowl through, as we saw last year with Leonard Fournette, it is crazy valuable. Daryl Williams also has been legitimately awesome for fantasy when, um, when you know getting the work and i think my personal take is that they're going to lean on daryl down the stretch so you see obviously i took tyree kill at the 101 um i think the chiefs are are the team to target does cooper cooper cup project better than tyree kill in week one yes of course he does is Devontae adams in any given week better than tyree kill absolutely but i want to bet on the chiefs now and now without the bye, I still believe that the Chiefs are the best team in the NFL, and I want to bet on that. We showed earlier um, the Super Bowl odds. The Chiefs are still number two in the Super Bowl odds. Actually, still fairly close to the Packers, who are number one, which I think is <laughs> bullshit. But um, I'm trying to bet on the Chiefs about as, as much as possible, and the only concern before with betting on the Chiefs was the fact that they had the bye. And now, now, I mean, if the Texans beat the Titans, I will hold my L, but I, I don't really think that that's possible. And so now you get a chance to get the Chiefs without the bye, and their ADPs haven't adjusted that much. They've adjusted a little bit, but not that much. Um, all right, let me think about this now. Trying to think if I should go. I'm going to go to the Cowboys. I don't think I think I can cue Dak, and it's really not a surprise. Um, yes, Liam does love his bills. Shout out. Oh, okay. So somebody else, tonight, you were all trying to. Casey was inadvertently sniping me on the bills watching this stream thinking we were in the same one and you were still sniping me on the bills and you didn't actually even know it and then someone else here because i know all these names not these ones 
I know all the names that were in that past draft. You're here. So two different people were specifically trying to snipe me on the Bills when you knew I was drafting the Bills. Assholes. Um. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, that's, that's my take. This is my take, too. KC has the best shot to play four games. I was... I wanted to be on the Chiefs. I was trying to get on the Chiefs um, when I thought they were going to have the bye. I was still drafting a shit ton of them. Then, obviously, I, when I thought that they were going to get a bye, I was being really, really cognizant of, like, I do have to figure out a way to get this team through, right? Um, and so when I wanted to be heavy Tyreek, heavy Kelsey, heavy Mahomes, heavy uh, Daryl Williams, whatever, I was having to think – differently about those teams now i'm just wheels up <laughs> i'm just absolutely wheels up on all on all of the chiefs and um yeah they, they can absolutely lose but i think uh, i think that's a stand i'm happy to i'm happy to take if you're heavy on casey who's your favorite between pringle hardman and robinson it is absolutely pringle no question <laughs> Derek gore is gonna wreck everything Derek gore's pretty good so it's absolutely possible. The 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 big thing is that Daryl is so good and not so good. Daryl isn't so good at anything, but Daryl is relied upon in the passing game, right? And that's what they ultimately that's what they do, and ultimately that's what I'm drafting them for. All right. Speaking of, we're just going to round out this team real quick. Dak and Daryl. So now I already have. My Cowboys and Chiefs set up. I got to figure out my other, how I'm going to handle the AFC. One thing about the Chiefs is when you, when you do something like this is it does set me up. You know, I obviously talked about four, two, two, two being like my favorite, but I also don't have to do that. I could do something four, three, three, you know, take another chief and load up on a team like the Patriots. Or a team like um, what used to be the Bengals, but you know you can you can deviate a little bit from what maybe your preferred structure is once you've already locked in. You know, three Cowboys, all three main Cowboys, and two very very strong Chiefs. Casey, Casey, I see you got in this one. And I swear if you ruin this one for me while trying to ruin the other one, even though you're in another draft, you're going to get blocked. Shane, Shane's in here. Casey's in here. Alex Berg is in here. All, all the friends and family drafts. Yeah, uh, Cedric Wilson, such a good one. I really, I like, I shouldn't say I like the Cowboys more. This is because that's absolutely not true. Michael Gallup is better than Cedric Wilson, but um, Cedric Wilson is sometimes available in the ninth or 10th round now. I actually really like Dalton Schultz um, a ton. Which I'm, I might actually take him here. Spoiler. Um, hold on. Oh, yeah. AFC. I need AFC. Ideally, I need a running back. Oof. Oof, oof, oof. All right. We're going to do something a little bit different here. Because there are no real AFC running backs available to me, I'm going to go – I'm going to super stack the Cowboys here to make sure that my running back position is filled no matter what Super Bowl scenario I, I have play out. So – now I can get myself one more AFC team, which obviously limits me to, um, I mean, and also technically I could get two more AFC teams because we were talking about this in Discord earlier. And I actually think it's a real, I'm, I'm happy that this, I'm happy that, that, that this happened. The Super Bowl in this format is ultimately like a showdown slate. We want to have multiple players from each team, but can, in any showdown slate, 
It's actually smaller than a showdown slate. Um, but can in any showdown slate, an onslaught of one team and just one player from another team be optimal? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so I'm obviously, I've made a massive, massive bet on the Cowboys and a small bet on the Chiefs. And now I just got to fill in the gaps with AFC teams. And like at the end of the day, if I, you know, let's say I take a one bill, is it optimal that I only have one bill when we get to the Super Bowl? Because there's going to be a bunch of, I actually think I shouldn't take a bill. I should take non-bills like a Patriot um, just because the bills are so popular. But um, so bad example, horrible, horrible example. Sweet story, dude. Uh, but as long as you are still giving yourself outs to that Super Bowl optimal, like it's okay, you know? And I got backed into this corner where I talked about earlier, my ideal scenario is, see, so I'm just going to cue some of these AFC guys really quick. I also could have done Ramondre, I guess. That would have been the other option is is gone the Ramondre route. But right now I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go Daryl and I'm gonna take Mike Williams first because just because of the upside, I think he provides obviously I'm well aware that they need some help. They need some help. And I do think Given how popular the Bills are, I think in this structure, I really just want to bet on this Chiefs Super Bowl. So I'm going to go with Tyler Boyd because I would rather bet um, against the Bills. Maybe the Bills lose early to the Chargers or to the Bengals. And um, obviously I just have these one-offs now, but I've ultimately bet on this Cowboys-Chiefs Super Bowl. And I have these backdoor worse options for the Super Bowl with the Bengals and the Chargers, but I still have those options. <laughs> Paul said, get that Dallas Las Vegas Super Bowl stack while you still can. That's it. I'll, I'll, maybe I'll throw a Renfro on for you in the 10th round here, Paul. Eric says, another Eric. God damn it. What do you think of a four four one one? Take two QBs in your two stacks, one from each conference, and your one-offs are from each conference as well. Gives you an extra. I think it's totally fine. It's not my, you know, if we're ranking preferred structures, it's not like my number one choice. But you have to be able to adapt in these drafts, right? I'm doing it right now. I got backed into a corner at running back, and I had to pivot to something a little bit different than what my general plan is coming into these. And I think what you're outlining is exactly what I talked about earlier, that as long as your lineup is telling some form of a story and still gives you these combinations of outs in the Super Bowl and win, you have first place equity in various different scenarios while not losing projection. That's what you just outlined. It's perfect. That's what we're talking about. Is it the thing you went in trying to draft? Probably not, but it's totally viable. It's totally viable. And those are the kind of those are the kind of things I really like to talk about. Because what's your favorite structure? What's your favorite stack? Like who's your favorite pick at ADP? Like who gives a shit? Okay. Now I gotta decide. I the Bengals are gone. I'm the Chargers are gone. I gotta decide between in a, between I really actually like Jacoby Myers. Wow, Debo is still here. Um hold on. Bengals are gone. Yes. Chargers. Yeah. I'm taking Jacoby Myers. Just so, like I said, to do the, to do that, you know, get myself through still technically now four different options, but obviously a little bit less ideal options in those playoff rounds. Alex says, I did a different 4-4-1-1 today. Rams and Cowboys with JT and Tyreek. Yeah, see, so you were building. I just need the Rams or the Cowboys to get there. And then the Colts or the Chiefs to get there. 
right? And like, I, I got this mix and match. This is a little, you're drawing thinner, right? In terms of a problem, you need a much more specific thing to happen. It's a little bit more thin, but that doesn't mean that it's wrong. Winning this whole damn tournament, you were drawing <laughs> super, super thin, right? We're drawing incredibly thin. And so like, that's my big thing is there's optimal ways to absolutely build these things. But as long as it tells a story that gives you all, all this, this first place equity, I love it. And like, I, I don't even remember who mentioned it to me, but somebody said it about showdown and it, it just has stuck in my head so much. It's like the Super Bowl is a showdown slate. Give yourself outs to win the showdown slate, right? You need to get there. But build a team that has the ability to get there and then is live to win a showdown slate. Is it the best showdown team when you get there? Maybe not. But give yourself outs to win that showdown slate. And like you're alive. You know what I mean? Obviously, this version of showdown is different because you have to fill a few positions. So as long as you have those positions filled in all your permutations within that, that's the big thing. That's the biggest thing is no matter what teams you have targeted, make sure you have those positions filled and you have five guys. Like, you know, that's really the name of the game. That's really the name of the game. I just did a 4-4-1. Casey says, I just did a 4-4-1-1. So you could have an example. Please Venmo me $5. I have been Venmoing so many, so many people $5 because of the uh, – the giveaway that we did, uh, everybody's getting a, a mitten ticket, which by the way, if, if this managing all of this is an absolute nightmare. Um, if you donated in the giveaway around Christmas time and have not gotten your $5 for a mitten ticket, please DM me in discord or message me on Twitter or whatever. Um, because I'm trying to, I think I've made my way through pretty much all of the list, but I'm sure I'm certain there's people that I have missed and I want to make sure that everybody gets their $5, but no Casey, I'm not then willing you $5. Definitely drawing thin. Alex says, I only feel like it's worthy trying with guys like, yes, trying with guys like Tyreek or JT who can rip off big plays and limit their teammates volume and ceiling. They're also not only can they rip off, rip off big plays. They can be like total volume hogs. You can get a game where Tyreek gets 18 targets and like, the whole Chiefs offense flows through them, right? Obviously, we know that games, you can have games with um, JT where the whole Colts offense flows through him. And so that that's like a, a realistic scenario. Exactly, you know, where are we putting it on the probability meter? I don't, I don't know. But it is certainly on there. It's absolutely on there. So... I think that's, you know, we've kind of beat that horse, beat that dead horse a little bit. But I think ultimately that's what we're talking about, right? Is like giving yourself enough projection to get through to where you're alive in the final. And then you have this story that your lineup tells once you get to the final. You can construct it in a way that there's multiple different stories that are avail available. You can, you can construct it in a way that there's only one story. But as long as it, is is accomplishing that goal i think that is what they're talking about all right we got a a minute or so and then we will wrap up balances what herzig said stuck with me he said take the better players off teams rather than grabbing your third stack with beasley i'm not entirely sure that i follow but i love her i love justin and um, i totally respect um all of his takes so i'm certain that he was that he was that he was on the right track um all right, we're going to wrap it up, guys. We're a little bit past 5.30 my time. 5.30 in the best ball capital of the Midwest. And so I'm going to let you guys go enjoy your Friday night. I will be back on Monday. Excuse me. I will be back on Monday with some more best ball lessons. Mondays are best ball lessons. Wednesdays are best ball bros where we are bringing on people from across across the space at a tease a little bit earlier about some of the upcoming guests and then Fridays are drafts. I'm going to be mixing in some other drafts. Um, no firm schedule for that yet, but obviously with the playoffs upcoming, 
when I mix in some more playoff drafts. Before then, definitely getting on the books for a big mitten, all sorts of fun stuff coming. Thank you guys for for hanging out. And I will see you. Uh, and have a happy weekend, of course. Have a happy weekend, and I will see you guys on Monday. Thank you.